Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Shift. We're featuring Terry Blanca, the chairman and CEO of Blanca Real Estate. Terry built one of the best independent brokerages in the world. They have a 30% market share of leasing activity in Miami-Dade County, which is absolutely incredible. Um, and Terry's been building that business for a long time. So we have a great conversation. Terry shares incredible insights on how to scale an independent brokerage from where you are the largest deal maker and rainmaker of the shop to more of a management position and how you develop and cultivate incredibly strong relationships with institutional asset owners to be able to really dominate your market. What a fantastic episode. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much. Welcome to The Shift. So excited to be joined today by Terry Blanca. Terry, the chairman and CEO at Blanca Real Estate, one of the premier independent brokerages in the world. So thrilled to have you here, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well, Kurt. Thank you so much for having me today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So um, I feel like everyone in the, in the brokerage world probably knows who you are, but for those who are listening who don't, can you tell us a little bit about your background and, and kind of how you got into real estate and your journey to building Blanca? Absolutely. So I've, I've been in commercial real estate now for longer than I care to admit, because I'm going to date myself. <laughs> but uh, um, I was uh, one of those lucky people that fell in love with uh, what I was doing the minute that I started in commercial real estate back in, in, the, in the late 80s. And, um, and I've had a wonderful journey. I've worked, I worked for about 14 years with a local, very strong development group, the Kadena Group. And uh, from there, had the opportunity to lead the region for a global brokerage services company, Cushman & Wakefield, for the South Florida region. And after doing that for about six years, in December of 2008, perfect timing, right, in the middle of the recession, I decided it was time to launch my own business. I really missed being very close to the client and um, rolling up my sleeves and um, developing strategies to bring value to their assets or their space needs. And, uh, and as it turned out, it's the best decision I ever made. It's been now um, a uh, business that uh, has continued to grow, uh, mostly driven by having an amazing team, right? Every business is built on uh, talent and, uh, and the people that you work with. And I've just been very lucky to have been able to bring on board uh, absolutely top professionals and wonderful wonderful people that love to collaborate and do great things together on behalf of our clients. It's fantastic. Um, and y'all today at Blanca absolutely dominate the market there in the Miami area, right? I mean, can you talk a little bit about kind of your market position today and just the businesses for the work that you guys are doing? Thank you. Thank you, Kurt, uh, for uh, uh, the compliment. Yes, we are... Um, definitely um, a contender or more than a contender in terms of market share in Miami-Dade for all office leasing transactions that happen here. Uh, for the last seven years, we have uh, uh, had and enjoyed uh, over 30% market share of all office leasing transactions that close in Miami-Dade County. Uh, we currently have about 10.5 million square feet of landlord agency uh, assignments across the spectrum of Class A and some Class B product in Miami-Dade and Broward County, because we do have an office in Broward and, and two in Miami. And uh, we've been incredibly fortunate to uh, 
have the trust of clients like Naveen Real Estate and Blackstone and Heinz and Shorenstein and um, so many others that uh, continually place their trust on our team uh, to create value for their assets and companies that we represent uh, that need either office uh, or industrial space. Uh, so we, we definitely um, are enjoying a terrific success. And that is built again on the um, basis of having built a team of professionals that are very aligned with my values and how um, we approach the business and uh, the integrity and the commitment that we show up every day uh, as a team um, has allowed us to to build this great success. There's a, this, it's again, fantastic. And to have that market share is just phenomenal for any brokerage. I think it's unheard of. And then for an independent brokerage, I think it's even more so unheard of. And again, testament to the team, testament to the hard work and to the mission that y'all are, are tackling. Um, there's a lot of independent brokerage shop owners that listen to lease up. And I think one of the things that they find themselves um, struggling with is taking that step from producer to manager. Can you talk about that portion um, of building the business and how you were able to kind of move more into that role versus being the kind of the, the number one person who's the quote unquote rainmaker and driving all the business revenue? That's a great question. And believe me, it is a challenge for all of us and one that I had to face uh, early on in, in starting my business and then later. And um, and so I think that the the secret is to have a quiet moment to address and understand yourself and where, what your highest value is to the business. And, um, and over the years, um, when I look back, uh, there was one decision I did not make early enough, and that is bringing on board a chief operating officer. And so um, I, I've done that uh, about a year ago, and it has been an amazing experience to have someone who complements um, what I what I am best at and what he's best at come together very nicely. It has freed me up to do the things that I love to do and, uh, and that I'm really good at and everything else uh, he handles very efficiently and effectively. And so uh, it, it really is about knowing what is your skill set and then how to build a team around you that supports you in the areas that you are not um, either best qualified or that you don't enjoy. And, um, and, and then focusing on, on that top line and on the vision, right? What's your vision? And, and then making the right hires and making the right investments in technology and uh, operationally so that you can move forward with the expansion of your business, if that's your goal. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's one of the things I always tell people is you want to always try to live in your zone of genius, right? As yes. much as you possibly can. That right? is, like, I'm going to use that one. <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. I like, I like that. Live on uh, in your zone of genius. <laughs> That's it. We're, you mentioned something I think that was really um, interesting there, which is this like moment of quiet reflection. Was it hard to kind of try to say, hey, these are these are points at which I'm not the best. These are points at which I need help. I mean, that, that's a that's a tough process, I think, for anyone to go through. And I think you know, 95% of brokers are type A and they're like, no, I'll do it all. I'll take it all on. Um, was that hard as a process to say, no, I got to admit that I can't do all of this and it, I will be better. The business will be better if I can admit that. So, um, so it, it was a process and I will say that I do believe in not going at it alone. So I've always sought out 
mentors and consultants that are experts um, in helping people like me figure out these things. And so I don't have the answers to everything and I don't expect to have the answers to everything. And so over the years, I have invested in consultants that have helped me gain clarity. I have invested time in building great relationships with uh, people that know a lot more than me about um, certain areas of the business and and how to tackle those areas uh, for uh, growth in the future. And and I have uh, invested time in organizations like YPO, uh, the Young President's Organization, where uh, you kind of build your own advisory board um, with other people that are also owners of businesses and that are experiencing uh, similar challenges. Every business has similar challenges. You may be in a different industry, but we all have the same challenges and opportunities. And so I've leveraged uh, these relationships in a good way. And uh, the friendships that I've built over the years have helped me go through this process, not at it alone. And, uh, and I think that's, that's important, right? Don't, you know, don't be afraid to seek advice and help and uh, have conversations that will help you gain clarity. I think like one of the things that I've, I've done as well is my background's in brokerage and I had to learn how to build a software business and dealing with people who, you know, I work with and I love my team so much. They're so phenomenal they know so much more about building software than I do. So you have to be humble, right? You have to humble humble yourself, I think, when you're going through that and it's the only way to grow. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear um, some of the big names you just talked about, some of these fantastic relationships that y'all have in the market there and the work you're doing with them as great partners to them, um, like Nuveen and Blackstone and things like that. Do you think that the process you have to go through, the relationship that you have to develop and the work you have to do is different for your firm because of your local nature? Are there differences there between what you think other big shops would be doing or would have to do in terms of servicing those clients? Well, I think, you know, our approach um, is to be the place you go to when you want really wonderful insight about the market that we control, right? And so essentially um, our goal over the years has been to build um, a database of information that we can use to help inform clients on not only what has happened, what is happening or what, is, what has happened in the market, but also what we can expect to happen based on uh, the knowledge that we have gained from the great insight that stats and data give us, right? So we take the data, we massage it, we keep it current, and and we also tie it to other metrics of, you know, the economy and what we have seen um, in terms of uh, the evolution of a certain market and provide insight that it's quite unique. We also are frenetic about... Uh, really being involved in the community at a level that allows us to see things that sometimes other brokers might miss because they're not as involved at the ground level in, in, in the effort of moving the community forward. So personally, for instance, I've been uh, very involved with our economic development agency. I'm a past chair of the Beacon Council, um, Danette on my team, Uh, was on the board for many, many, many years of the Downtown Development Authority. We have uh, various colleagues that are involved in the Chambers of Commerce or 
other DDAs or other um, economic development groups and both private and non-for-profit organizations where we interact uh, oftentimes with decision makers across the community and also with our government because um, it's important to understand what your government is doing to advance the agenda for issues that are that matter uh, for your community and how that impacts commercial real estate assets and the dynamic of our market. Yeah, so, you, talk, you, you talked about the one of the aspects of that, which is being able to house and share data with clients in a way that is impactful to them and to their purpose and what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the technology strategy of Blanca and how that shifted over time and where it stands today? We have invested a significant, um, or we've allocated a significant part of our budget uh, in terms of uh, um, improving our technology capacity and um, uh, bringing in tools that will allow us to uh, remain not only competitive with our competitors, but really differentiate how we, again, relay that information quickly and accurately. And so uh, um, we are not shy about signing up (laughs) for tools that will um, create tremendous value for our clients. That's great. And then are there particular things that you've seen over the last couple of years that you're excited about when it comes to the tech you're able to provide the clients or themes that you're seeing when it comes to how technology is shaping these relationships? Absolutely. Listen, AI is uh, a fabulous, uh, uh, a fabulous uh, thing. <laughs> you know, it is, uh, it, it really is allowing us to become so much smarter, so much faster about everything and anything that you're interested in learning about. And so uh, using artificial intelligence in a data aggregation platform that we have onboarded about two years ago is really helping us uh, track information and um, maintain information in, in a very you know, current basis um, and develop all sorts of reporting dashboards uh, that can be customized for our clients or internally um, that otherwise, you know, would take us days to produce. So I, I do think, you know, technology for the brokerage services still has a way to go to integrate um, how data is communicated both externally and internally. And, uh, and I'm excited about the possibilities in that respect. Tell me about where you think this is all going. Like, where, where do you, what do you think the, the brokerage industry will be in the next three to five years because of some of these technologies you're talking about? I think there'll be more transparency than than there is today, and I think that is something that our industry hasn't uh, had uh, for a long time. Um, so, you know, certainly with the tools available and with the aggregation of information that is possible with AI, I think there will be more transparency in terms of uh, uh, you know broader um, broader markets um, that um, you know currently gathering information and intelligence, uh, it can be pretty inefficient um, in terms of how it currently um, happens today. So um, I I don't think, listen, when I started in the business early on in my career, I heard repeatedly that the services industry from a brokerage standpoint would be obsolete. And that was many moons ago in the late 80s, early 90s. And um, 
and I don't feel that we're at risk in any respect. I think in that, in that regard, you need human interaction for what we do. However, I do think that there is a segment of our industry in terms of, um, especially the smaller transactions that happen in mar- across markets that can be accomplished in a more efficient and streamlined basis. And I think we're heading in that direction with some of the uh, technologies and, and the platforms that are in development and that have been um, already developed and in existence. Tell me about, um, to double click on that a little bit, tell me about what you think the experience of tenants is going to be when they're running a deal in three years five years, whatever that may be. Well, listen, everyone is using LoopNet, right? And um, and I think being able to go into, whether it's LoopNet or another platform uh, that uh, provides you with uh, real-time information in a space that you can view through a Matterport or otherwise, and that you can click on a button and figure out how the space needs to be modified to accommodate your needs, generate a rendering very quickly and see what that looks like before you even show up to the building would be fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. It's a seamless experience for the tenant at that point. Yeah, it's a seamless experience. And then of course the leasing process is, you know, pretty specific to each asset. Uh, Institutional clients of course have very, um, you know, demanding and, and, and a lot of rigor in terms of the documentation and, and what that looks like for each asset will always be different. I don't think that we're going to go into a universal lease mode anytime soon. But I don't see us ever going that way. I mean, I think yeah. there's some landlords that are trying to do things, pro course trying to and things like that, but they they reach, I think, headwind every single time they try to yeah. so I don't see us going that way either. Absolutely. Tell me about um about Well, actually, let me pivot this one a bit. So one of the first seasons we're doing of the shift here, and one of the things we're talking about is ways in which we can surface the voices of women, minorities, um, underrepresented groups in commercial real estate. This industry has a long way to go, but it certainly has come a long way, I believe, since uh, what it was when you probably first started your career in terms of women being involved in this industry. And it's one of the reasons I'm so excited to be speaking with you because I think you're a huge part of the story overall um, and building the business that you have and being one of the pioneers as a woman leader in this market. What would you tell women who are getting going in this industry or underrepresented people uh, and groups that are getting going in this industry on how to make their mark and how to rise above some of the issues that exist to build a fantastic career? Well, thank you, Kurt. Um, I, I, looking back, um, I, I do feel that we've come a long way, but we still have a lot of work to do to create a really a, a diverse culture of uh, and 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 to bring an inclusiveness um, across the commercial real estate industry. Uh, I will say I'm very excited about various organizations that are really moving the needle, and one of them that comes to mind is Project Destined, that. Uh, uh, has partnerships across the United States with universities and some of the major owners of real estate and brokerages, house, brokerage houses. They are focused on creating awareness about commercial real estate career opportunities with uh, 
kids that are in high school, uh, particularly in underserved communities and educating them on uh, the full spectrum of commercial real estate. So by the time they graduate from high school, they go into college with some solid knowledge already of uh, what CRE is all about and then creating um, all sorts of opportunities with private sector and uh, the universities for scholarships for these students who are absolutely fantastic and brilliant. I've met several of them uh, throughout the last two years, uh, specifically with the partnership that they have with University of Miami, and um, can say that um, each one of them stands out as absolutely um, you know, brilliant, hardworking, dedicated, and uh, really um, committed to building a career in real estate, and they will succeed. Um, very well prepared by the time that they arrive in college, having spent four years with Project Destined. The, in terms of women in our industry, I will say that you know, part of the, uh, the issue that I still see uh, needs to be overcome is how we onboard uh, women and, and even young professionals into our industry. If you look back 20 years, you hired a, a young woman or a young guy and you kind of set them with a team and you hope that the team uh, that they're working with will invest the time and the company some resources to train that individual to become a top professional and that they'll gain the knowledge and the experience by doing so just shadowing and, and working um, in conjunction with uh, the team that they're assigned to. I really think that fast forward, um, our industry needs to adopt a, a more structured and um, uh, way of onboarding uh, women and young brokers into their organizations and investing in structured training, investing in compensation that is not contingent on deals and, and not, you know, leaving that compensation to individual teams to um, address with an individual uh, that is starting their career. Um, I think that, you know, this generation of young people and women uh, have a lot of options, uh, regard, you know, irrespective of what's happening today with the financial services industry and technology sectors. We know that these cycles do happen and they pass, uh, but we live in a competitive environment, right? Uh, industry to industry. And to compete effectively as an industry, I think the model needs to evolve to adapt to um, how other industries are successfully recruiting talent and benefits and the opportunities for growth and um, the uh, the more structured approach to allowing for um, uh, allowing for for the brokers to 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 elevate their role within an organization uh, more effectively and efficiently than in the past. I couldn't agree more. We just released an article a couple uh, maybe like a month ago within LeaseUp, just offering young brokers inability to just use the platform for free, right? Just get started, get, start making money, be able to, you know, hopefully grow your business more quickly. The, and I agree completely that it is a must do for the industry, for all of the brokerages to survive, to get good talent. They have to absolutely change the narrative to the market 
through campaigns and things like that for young people to think, okay, this is actually a great career for me. Mm-hmm. It's not one we're going to be thrown. I mean, I literally was given the phone book, right? Phone book <laughs> in the wild, I didn't go. And that, that was my beginnings. And that was everyone. So that's okay. And part of it is good because it, you know, it, it sharpens you and, and teaches you who you are by having to make a hundred cold calls a day, but it is not the best way. I, I agree with you on that one to find the unique, great voices that can change this industry and yeah. build a great career and continue to move this industry forward. Right. And I, and I do think that for women in particular, I, I would advise, and, and this is for women and everyone, but for me over the years, building relationships of trust with mentors and, 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 and mentors and sponsors, you know, sponsors are people that will actually make that phone call or send that email to make that introduction or to put you, you know, in a position of growth beyond what you are at that moment, uh, comfortable with, right? So whether it is, uh, you know, suggesting that you uh, consider a position uh, as a board member in an organization or a company or an enterprise, uh, whether it is uh, putting yourself out there to uh, deliver uh, a uh, presentation to a chamber of commerce or an industry organization on the topics that you're comfortable speaking about and, and putting your face out there and making sure that, you know, you are becoming relevant in the community. All of those, you know, interactions with mentors and sponsors helped me over the years get a little bit out of my comfort zone and get more comfortable with asking, get more comfortable with, uh, um, elevating my visibility and, uh, and, and really honing in my, on my leadership skills overall. That's great. Right. It's d- diversification of expertise and, and mm-hmm. skill. I think it's fantastic. Um, well, Terry, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so great to be able to speak with you. I'm really appreciative. I know all the listeners will be as well. My final question is, as we feature these women leaders across commercial real estate and the industry as a whole, is there anyone you think we should be speaking to to be our next guest? Anyone you want to hear us be talking to and interviewing? Um, okay, so I should have prepared for this one. There are so many yeah. people that you should be talking to. <laughs> so... Uh, um, are are we only speaking name, with commercial real estate um, experts, or you name them, Terry? You name them. We would want to have them on. Okay, I mean, you know, I I have tremendous admiration and uh, uh, respect for Jessica Goldman, this who is chairman of Goldman Properties and um, who has an incredible. Uh, background uh, in not only commercial real estate, but art. And I feel that art and hospitality are going to be essential to create um, physical space that we all enjoy. And so um, I think Jessica would be a fabulous uh, woman to bring to your podcast. Great answer. That's phenomenal. Absolutely. We'll be reaching out to her. Thank you. Well, thank you again, Terry, for joining us today. And I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Kurt. Take care. Bye-bye.